Hi, once again, it's the one and only Africa Allah. You're now tuned into Being Africa Allah right here on Discover Music Channel. And today, we're going to do something a little different. I know you guys like to hear my voice, but I got a couple people that's on the line. And we're going to talk a little bit about everything that's going on in the news and beyond. Of course, color has always been a very touchy subject in America and globally, I must say. Um, so today, without any further ado, my co-host from Sound Off, and we have Big Ron Stud in the building <laughs> out of the BX. Welcome to the show. What's up, y'all? Hey, Africa. Good to be here. Good to be here. Right, so first and foremost, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in your city, which is New York. Tell us a little bit about the climate and yeah tell us a little bit about the climate right now from your perspective ladies first um well the climate right now is very hostile um we are experiencing protests that are turning into looting um situations but um being in new york city unfortunately What's happening around the U.S. is nothing new um, to us, so I just think this needs to happen. This is the time, um, and it's definitely a time for a radical change. Um, my town, Boogie Down, New York City. When you take people, you know, New York is known as the city that never sleeps. We're we, we out and about, and you take people and you stuff them in a room or in an apartment, for three months, you tell them you can't go outside. You take away their jobs. You give them a, a, a lousy twelve hundred dollars to spend money on that they can barely spend their, their uh, on groceries. They can barely um, feed their kids with. They can barely pay the bills. And then it starts getting hot. You take away their parks, but you let people downtown, you know, do whatever they want to do. You know. You take away their privileges, you take away their happiness, and then you introduce this this injustice that has been here for the longest. You're talking about a, a powder keg. It was the perfect storm. So you got people out there that are just frustrated, they're tired, they're angry. So, you know, you got the rioters and the protesters mixing. You can't tell who's who right now. You got people really upset at the cops. You got people uh, upset at each other. You got people trying to wage war against whites. There's so much confusion going on right now in New York City. And you know, I'm concerned for my people. Okay. Now when you look at when you look at the way things are being portrayed, the narrative I feel like I'm stuck in the Truman Show. I feel like all of this is very, very surreal. It's just like, are you pranking me? Because this just doesn't seem right. It seems like at some point we're going to find out that we've been recorded on some type of reality TV show for the last nine months, maybe four years. But, um, <laughs> you, know, you know what I think the difference is now? I think that um, there's a lot more young people that's involved in this um, movement. And I do um, contribute this to technology today, like having access, con um, constant communication and uh, visuals and audios to what's going around the U.S. Um, and then why I say that um, young people, speaking off of what Ronnie just mentioned, we have a lot of young people that don't have any hope. Like things are taken away from them. They um we we look at it as like okay we might as our our generation coming up we're not gonna have social security you know so to speak um by the time it's for us to retire these children who have um, disproportionately with healthcare with um with housing with um with education um we. 
continue to see a lot of them saying, okay, what's happening, there's no hope, our, our communities are not ours anymore, they're diminishing, we don't have any any real investment in our communities um, like we may have when we was growing up. So what, what else is there? Like, what, what else can we do? What else can we fight for? And so you're gonna see more of these young people on the front lines with a limited amount of fear because what is what exactly do they have left to live for? I don't, I don't mean to make it seem that um, that drastic, but that's basically what it is. So when you have these these huge amount of numbers, and I'm glad that there, these are young people and, and young adults that are out there um, on the front lines, but it's, they're out there because they don't have anything else. You don't have anything else to give us. Yeah, I want to, you know, I, I work with the youth a lot, so, you know, I want to really offer a perspective here. You know, there's this little... Um, white generational lie of people of color we used to tell back in the day and you know it was okay because you couldn't look it up you know and, and, and it was the, the, the gap between generations well guess what this generation they can look it up everything's recorded you know so here we are telling young folks you know go out there get an education but then think the outdated way the way we used to think and then we we get mad at them for for, for trying to innovate. You understand what I'm saying? And I and I think right. that that's a really thing. We put down their music. It don't matter whether we think it's good or not. It don't. It, they own it. It's their experience. We put that their clothing, right. we put that their culture, we put down everything. So they're out there like, F y'all. You know, all oh, yeah. you, you see that there's no respect for adults because adults haven't really got, given them the, that respect. So you have to start thinking about the leadership amongst young people. And you know what? You don't really see it. And then, what's dangerous is that you don't you don't see it um, amongst older people too. Because you know, they'll this Jesse Jackson right in his face. I was talking right. They'd be like, "Yo, you old. You don't know what you're talking about." Yeah. They right. were just MLK the other day and his son. Right. You know, you have to really think about where that's coming from, and it's coming from that generational gap that we created because we were we were we were pushing to the side. We say, "Now nah, we're better than." These are all the things that are better. And now right. look, they want it now without guidance. Right, and I agree, I that's definitely the case, Ronnie, because I was just having a conversation with a 60 plus person um, yesterday, and she was saying that we are supposed to be out there giving guidance, the 50 plus, you know what I mean? Like we're supposed to be out there with them because we were born and raised in that era of, okay, the 60s and, and um, 50s, 60s and 70s when we were actually rioting and, I mean, not rioting, protesting in the streets. So, and but not, no one is discussing what actually took place to have all those things happening. It wasn't just everyone on the front lines on those bridges. It was the celebrities and the um, those those that had money was financing these um, these marches and these protests. Harry those, yes, Harry Belafonte, um, Ella Fitzgerald, like a lot of our um, entertainers back then. Not saying that this is all going to fall off our celebrities and entertainers of today, but technically what you spoke on is that yes they're our voices of today they're actually our leaders because a lot of our young people are following their music following their clothes following their um whatever they say and things of that sort like everybody wants to be like we thought we wanted to be like jordan everybody wants to be like lebron like so it's a lot of okay we don't have those political leaders like i cannot have a conversation with the 18 plus person and the reason why i say 18 plus because you're able to vote at 18 i can't have a conversation with an 18 plus 18 to 25 person because they don't know all their um who's in their community to vote for i'm not looking just at the head like okay it's trump's fault everything trump trump is just a um a, an ingredient in this already messed up stew okay because america has been around long than trump <laughs> these these infrastructures, these institutions are, have been around longer than Trump. You cannot keep continuing to blame him when we know that there's certain things that we need to do on a grassroots level so we don't have people that make it to the top like Trump. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Well, from the perspective of the artists and the people that should be the voices, now which generation of artists should be the voices? Because you have 
the Jay-Z artists, then you got the Lil Uzi Vert artists or the Kodak Black artists. So, who? So, I, I, I think, like, I like what, you know, Jay-Z, um, you know, he, he, he got Meek Mill when Meek Mill was going through his troubles. You know, he sort of took him under his wing. Um, you know, you have J. Cole trying to uh, bridge the gap between the young and the old. So, but, you know, he was heavily criticized for that, you know, because they were saying, you know, you, you like mumble rap, this and that. But they, they weren't seeing that we needed, we needed all. We need all the way back from Melly Mel, if he, you know, to, to whoever's rapping now, you know. But we really got to look, man. The problem is this. We let anybody into the culture. You got, you got, what's his name? That clown ass dude. You know, we let him in, you know, uh, and then we let Doja Cat in. And, they, and they're the ones that, that are speaking for the culture. Okay. Because we allow we allow that. People are. Takashi Six Nine. Oh, that's Doja Cat. No. No, Doja Cat is some some other. That's the one who sing the meow meow song or something. She's on like the top four. She's on the top one. Oh my goodness. Well, not for my You got to understand this: that the means of music consumption changed before. They were the radio, the top songs and the best songs and the best lyricists on the radio. That doesn't no longer exist. So what you have on the radio is real watered down crap that ex- which existed when we were around, but that didn't get played. Right. You know, right now the music is supposed to be telling our story. Right, exactly. Right now, but the music talks about designer drugs. Yeah, I learned about. These from these these music and rap songs. I didn't know these were out there. I, I, I you know, say another day that asked to promote an event where the artists promoted heavily in their songs designer drugs, and I was like, when did we go from being entrepreneurs to being users? Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't, I don't know when. I mean, you know, a lot of people uh, uh, start thinking that it happened around Little Wayne's time, you know, because he was like, he was Sister. the first one. Sister. Yeah, <laughs> no, he wasn't. Down, Three Six that, Mafia that, that, was sipping on Scissor way before Lil Wayne started sipping on the Scissor. First of all, everybody was sipping on something and was using something. It was it wasn't just that we wasn't glorifying it. It was like even if it was like party something or what have you, it wasn't a a substantial part of our music. Yes, it wasn't in the music. Right, it wasn't in the music. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and be like you can't drink, you can't use your drugs or whatever. I mean, you Um, know, we did have white lines, but there was very few songs that glorified the use of it. And even when it did, and even when it did, (laughs) they paid attention to the repercussions of that lifestyle. Right. So, so my thing, so my thing is this, I don't want to lose focus on what needs to be done because I don't, I don't, I don't think it's we are in a point where we need to change the, the music industry or the record industry. We're at a point where we need to have structure and leadership in order to change the narrative of our black people in America. I agree. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to see the limit of what's going on right now. You know, like, okay, so we'll have, we'll have people rioting. We'll have people uh, burning stuff down. We'll have peaceful protests. But we, we've seen this before. And then what? But are we really paying attention to the local that, that's, that's, um, elections? Are we really paying attention to who's who's in those seats? You know, are we really empowering the youth with understanding about voting? Are we supporting uh, black-owned businesses? Are we shunning? Businesses that we know we have no no reason to to support because they they propagate racist they have a racist propaganda. 
that's that's how we have to move. You know what I'm saying? But since there's a lot, so today is a common example. Blackout Tuesday. What the heck was that? And then everyone followed. I had no idea. I didn't know what to do. Where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? The concept. The concept. The concept was to amplify the voices, uh, amplify the message. All right, by going from business as usual and promoting your self promotion and gratification and whatever else you're chasing on social media. It was to take this time and use your platforms, all of your platforms, to promote the information about what's going on, to share, to share laws, to share, to share black businesses, to share artists, to share stuff that related to our community. It's to amplify a message, not necessarily to just be silent, but to be silent on the stuff that you normally do and to amplify the information that you're getting to help get people informed. Um, that was you the see this? Are you seeing a black screen? Are you seeing a black screen? No, I see Ronnie. That's what I see. Oh, well, I'm seeing a black screen. That's all I saw today. <laughs> there was... I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> Ronnie, I understand and I get it. And I and I say this because I have young people on my team that's un- that works under me, right? And they, and they, maybe because I have a couple of years on them or maybe some of the conversations that I've had with them, but they're like, they always come to me like, what to do? I have a group of people that come to me like, who should I vote for? What, um, what election is coming on? And I know that it takes it also takes a level of, of responsibility like we do have a level of responsibility for those that may be a couple of years younger than us and now are just getting into um this this understanding of um what to do um because you're going to have those questions and part of black tuesdays also blackout tuesdays also have those questions because without the conversation what what level of action would we would we have what level of understanding would we have because now you have people questioning, like, what is black, which is great, like, what is like our Tuesday, and then we can say, okay, this is where we at. Like, my birthday is June 1st, it falls on June 1st. I'm always going to remember, not just because it's my birthday, but it's, it was the 99th um, anniversary of Black Wall Street, of, of the Tulsa riots. So that's it from, um, from May 31st to um, June 1st, they destroyed a whole, a whole community, a whole town, right? And, and, and but I have a story to tell like, hey, my birthday's June 1st, but guess what else happened on June 1st? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, and just to get pe- just to get people um, understanding of what's going on and also let them know that we, we are able to do these things. We can't, this can't happen. We're, we're in an in a influx of, because of technology today, we have more entrepreneurs, right? So we have, so there there is an influx of people that are saying, I don't need to go to, Target. I don't need to go to um, Walmart. I don't need to go to these different places. I can get my tissues from here. I can get my toothpaste from here. Like, there's a lot more of um, black businesses and that are connecting with each other and actually making it work. Like, how we go into um, certain eras and not know that. So this is giving an opportunity. I know I needed to break. I needed to black out for a moment because there was a lot that was going on. And if, you, yeah. and if you right, it, it was a lot. You become overwhelmed. You can become um, holistically exhausted um, of what's going on. And sometimes you just need to take a moment to refocus and to know what the plan is. And I and I and I'm glad that we have a day to do that. But we had today, right? And and you know, then what after Black Tuesday? What's the movement? Right. What's the movement forward? What do we do from that point on? Because I feel like every day is Blackout Tuesday for me. Right. You know, yeah, um, I don't go, I don't go a week without saying some wild thing someplace on some on one one or all of my social media platforms and or the platform that and or the platform that we own. So what is it that you do thereafter? Because, you know, we're all in we're all out here now 
and it's a trending topic and it's the hot new thing for the news cycle but if we have another 48 hours or you know 45 milks it for another press cycle so he can come out victorious um what happens after that because we totally forgot that we're in the middle of a pandemic which is go which is devastating the economy like where we are in the bronx have the highest rate you 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 said pandemic we call it a pandemic right well i only came for cookies (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Okay, talk about this pandemic. Yes, yes, Ronnie. Well, listen again. It only affects certain certain people. Like it, it only affects people of color. Um, and you know, it's wiping us out here in New York City. We're not the only people that are affected. Let's be Uh let's let's be realistic Uh with it. We're we're being affected in a higher rate. Higher rate because we lack. One, we lack a lot of the things that we need, healthcare, and 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 you know we have poor health because of the, the conditions that we live in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's all it's all very it all fits together. You know what I'm saying? You have people in impoverished areas. You have people with high cholesterol, high high diabetes because the food in their environment, the food in uh, uh in their neighborhood sucks, and you can't get home homegrown food. You can't get good vegetables and stuff like that. So there you go. Yeah, but blacks, blacks everywhere getting that are getting sick. Well, you know what? I'm not going to use that as no. I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm not going to use that as an example because we had the majority of people that that we've only had 11 deaths in the Bahamas and we've had 100 and 102 cases because we closed early but we only had 11 deaths we have bush fresh fresh trees and fruit and access to these things i mean i only eat fish and cake um africa we're talking about first of all we surrounded by water that technically we should not be fishing in okay so we're talking about here in the city. We can't. We can't have fresh fish. We can't have um, fresh produce. Uh, we can't have um, things. And we don't have a. We don't. We can't even contribute to a lifestyle that is that is a healthy lifestyle. Like Ronnie can let you know. By the time we've been growing up in the school system, they've been taking away more physical activity, more and more physical activities in the system. Like, and then we they they look for other sources in order for them to get the nutrition that they're supposed to have and to get the um physical um recreation that they're supposed to have they're closing out parks so when he's basically well, they're closing the, the parks you know, well they're closing the parks now but i know there was a time where if we can it, let me let me just say this they create there's a system that's created that doesn't contribute to a a healthy holistic person if it wasn't for people like Ronnie in his position or myself in my position that's looking to offer nutrition that's looking to offer physical recreation um, and exercise and things like that in a regular child's development and then you also got to realize that you have families that are not able to afford fresh um, produce from other like from old foods or whatever other places um, or have access to understanding like proper nutrition and you know, dietitians and all this other stuff. A lot of our things are, what's hereditary is our environment. We talk about housing. Where most of my children, um, a majority of my children are homeless. They're living in shelters. They don't have, they don't have their own place. But the same can be said with poor white America. So you're saying that, so you're saying in your pandemic that this is global genocide of black people but what i'm saying is we have lower cases or we have lower we have a a lower death toll so is jamaica so is trinidad but you you guys gotta realize that you're a closed mechanism like you you have more direct under like your government has a more direct control 
over, not control, but basically understanding of its population. We, Our government wanted us to open the next day, talking about it's okay for you to, us, our children to go back to school our children, and don't have, a, don't have a plan of what's going on. As soon as we're about to open and go back to school, there's another string that's affecting our children. Like, it's, we, although your, your, your economy is based off of, let's say, tourism and things like that, our economy is based off of the people of color working and spending their money in their stores and economy. So when we are not using, when we're not spending money, when we're not um, utilizing their, um, their, their products and services, it's hurting these billionaires. And these millionaires company not knowing that's the only thing that's the only reason why they want us back they don't want us back because they want to make sure that we're healthy they don't want us back to make sure that we're working properly how during this whole time billionaires got richer and we still can't we they want to give us a thousand dollars so you prove my point why would we create a pan a pandemic to create global genocide of the black if the people of black hues are the people that are making them richer why would you then plan to because decimate them we are also costing them money okay we are also costing them money because we we, we may make them richer but we they're not we don't have health care health care the problem with health care is like who's going to pay for it that's how is that how is that a problem? We all need health care, but they don't want to pay for it. We all need education. Wow, why is it why is it their responsibility to pay for your education, to pay for your health? You're the one who got sick. We we, we pay taxes. We we live we live in this country. So under yeah, under the under the, the, the construct of, of the government. That's right. the way it's created, right? Like, you know, we go to work get taxed, the money is regulated and, and goes to certain um, things, and that's what's owed to us. And it, that's dis disproportionate as well. Um, yes. You know, and I want to, and I want to, I want to talk, uh, talk a little bit about mental health in the, yes. in the black and Latino community, which is atrocious. First of all, uh, you know, from our own, like, you know, I'm Dominican, right? So in, in my, in my, uh, in my culture, um, there's no such thing as mental health. You know, you're just being stupid. Right. <laughs> Same you know here. You're just being, you, you, you being what's called un sinvergüenza, which basically is like, oh, you, you bugging out. Like, you you know what right. you're talking about. Right? right. But that, that you take, that 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 is, you take someone that has social emotional problems and that goes generation to generation. Now, here's the, here's the kicker to that. You keep introducing stress. Right, because mm -hmm. if you if you live in New York, mm -hmm. Africa, you know this. You you wake up at five in the morning, you go to work, you got a thirty minute lunch break, you get back to work, then you come home, and then you cook, you eat, maybe you watch no TV, but you all have to pay for, it, and then you mm -hmm. wake up and do it again. Mm -hmm. It's not a, you take the train. It's not an easy life. Right, it isn't. So you. You put all of that in a melting pot. You put, you, you have people living in really, really bad conditions, you know, and, and you're gonna get people that are really stressed out and going through some emotional turmoil. And know? then you, and then you drug them. The biggest two um, businesses in our communities is the pharmacy and the liquor store. Which is interesting. Which is interesting that as he sips his drink. Which is interesting. No, but the thing is, well, some doctors said red wine is good for you anyway. So, <laughs> but literally, no. But literally, what I'm saying is that when I take, like, I have, I take tours of the community with my children because this is the community in which they live. So we want to be able to understand where we are. Is a pharmacy on every block? Yeah. There's there's a there's a liquor store on every block. Mm. How many how many fruit stands? How many produce stands? Well, you're not. You know what's crazy, right? You know what's crazy. Let, let me add two other things. You got Chinese, right? And you got the the, the Kansas or Kennedy fried chicken. Like it's mm -hmm. all there, right? So you got really bad nutrition. 
right? And which is attributed to the, yeah, the post birth, yeah. right? But if you go downtown, you yo, let me tell you. I you want to know how many shopping. salad shops? You want to know how many salad shops you need downtown? Yep. Pop it up, back yep. it up. Green leaf, green feathers. Like <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like you know. Everybody. I don't see not Kennedy fried chicken downtown. That's not a downtown store. I've never seen a Kennedy fried chicken in downtown Manhattan. And never. I've never even. Yeah, ne- never. Will not. They will not allow that in that. Yo, I went. I, and you, you, even the liquor stores on there got healthy drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, check this out. Real talk. Real talk. You go. You go to the corner store, right here in the Bronx. Yo. You shouldn't be able to get beer for fifty cent. You they shouldn't. Have beer for fifty cent? They oh. got okay. I what mean, beer is this? No, you're not exaggerating because remember, I think it when is we 50 was growing cent. up. When we was growing up, it was the sodas. They have fifty cent sodas. I'm sorry, Ronnie. What you said? No, go ahead. I'm looking it up. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Fifty cent sodas, dollar sodas, sugar, and quarter sugar, water. Something. Quarter water. That was that's that was our children's cocaine, okay? Was, sugar. Yeah, it was dying sugar. So, no water yeah, was in it. No, so I'm not. What Ronnie said, I'm not surprised. Yes, I'm pretty sure. I, I haven't been to a bodega in years, Ronnie, because I just have a thing against these stores in our communities. But um, but but literally, no, I'm serious. But literally, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if they have dollar beers or fifty cent um, drinks or whatever. Because when we was growing up, it's it was the consumption of sugar. It was the it was the dollar sodas, fifty cent sodas that was twenty ounces. Um, these um, cookies and cakes that they was always eating. It was like barely. Not until like a couple of years ago, they had this initiative where they had to sell fruit. So now you can probably get a banana, maybe, or, or an apple in the bodega, what have you. But it was literally those, what was accessible was not healthy to a human body. Well, what's accessible, I mean, I, I come to New York every year, or I go to New York every year for your birthday, and I'm always complaining that I have to go all the way to Brooklyn to get fruit. And I only go all the way to Brooklyn because I know that every block there's a fruit stand, and plus they sell pretty pretty good roti. But you know, like the the whole thing is like like if I want to eat good, if I want to eat well, I need to go I need to go lower Manhattan, lower Manhattan or Brooklyn in order to get good food, healthy food that I eat, not what's available in the Bronx. Because even um, you know, spinach and arugula, like I have to, you'd be like, oh, you better go, you better go down to Brooklyn or or downtown, because the store around the corner got worms in it. I was so disgusted. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, I understand the health the health options that we have, but I I said that to say we're in the middle of a pandemic. And in the midst of a pandemic, plan, we're plan. in the midst of your pandemic, <laughs> we're fighting another war, which requires us to be in close counters with each other. First of all, let me just say this. It's unfortunate that we do have this pandemic or pandemic or what have you, but um, this so-called war has been um, raging for longer than the, the two, three months that we've been on this pandemic, okay? Um, is the the unfortunate happening to um, Floyd, um, for to George Floyd, it has been happening for years, okay? It's like enough is enough. Like we literally, I, I kid you not, if it wasn't for the- um, But did the it have to be enough? A camera phone, a camera phone. First of all- Did it have to be enough? Did it have to be enough on whatever day it was in the midst of this? Or could it have been enough a year ago? Or could it have been enough? I mean, just before George Floyd, it was Ahmad. 
So no, yes, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just saying that. Okay, so this happened. This is happening now, and I'm not against this happening. It's unfortunate that it's actually happening in the midst of a, a pandemic. But one of the things that we were discussing, the reason why the pandemic hit us so hard is because we're not healthy. We're we're not talking about the pre things. Like we get sick every. We get sick all the time. But what helps us? Healing foods, healing um, meditation, healing exercise. You you understand what I'm saying? Like a lot of us, they talk about how many people have passed away, but they're not talking about all the people that actually got infected and probably was sick and probably got better. So let's let's also right. talk. Go ahead. So the, the the reason why I'm saying that is too is that okay we understand that these things are spreading and it's it's a it's, a, it's just like the flu, just like the uh, what have you, but. The reason why it's affecting us so much and that we're so fearful is because we don't have any any mechanisms that keep us strong, and that's including health, health and education. Because technically, we can we can we can get it, but let's say I mean we can be exposed to it or have or get exposed to it, but then we know what to do afterwards, or we know what to do while keeping ourselves strong, keeping our boost up our, our vitamins and minerals in our body, making sure that they stay consistent. Like, we we don't have basic access to that. We barely get access to the sun, okay, for the for the vitamin D that we need. Well, I know so y'all, yeah. I know y'all don't have access to a lot of stuff in yeah, those particular, in those, in those areas, in the underserved and over, in the underserved and overlooked communities, you don't have access to this. But, the other thing is, and you said it, you talked about mental health, and I want to go back to that. Because you can be, you can get sick and go through all of that, get better. But mentally, you have the stress of, when this is all over, what am I going to do? Or, I don't have any skills that can't, I don't have any skills other than what I was doing at the beauty shack that is now burnt down. Because right. we're in another war, you know. So now, I and and I and I say this with all respect to the protests. Yes, I'm all for burn it down, burn down, burn it down, burn it down. But my thing is, after you burn it down, what's the plan after that? Because we definitely have to figure out what are we gonna do after that. Because those buildings, the people that have the people that have um, insurance, they're going to rebuild, and it's going to take a few months before they can they can bring their staff back. How many of their staff that gets laid off will come back? These are the businesses. These saying. are the businesses that are being burnt and looted now, right? Yes, we know they're going to make their insurance. But what about afterwards? Let's think about the economy afterwards. Let's think about these communities afterwards. I don't care about the ones that have the insurance. I'm talking about the ones that don't. I'm talking about the people in those communities that have to go out to those communities and work. That's what I'm talking about. So now now you're stressed out over that. You've been sick. Now you're stressed over, stressed over that. You already stressed because you weren't making a dollar. You didn't know where the next dollar was coming from. And now the one place that you hoped you could go back to normalcy is no longer there. So now, you, so now, and I guarantee you, after this is all said and done, unemployment will be even higher than it was two weeks ago. And imprisonment too. Well, that's just another form of... But... They go hand in hand. So... You take so, jobs away... The mental, the mental anguish, and not even that. Even so you guys. Remember, every day, remember, every day, we're going on social media. Go first ahead. of all, Africa, what you speak of, um, one of the um, one of the fortunate things is those that have the money is not going to allow that to happen because they want to continue to have money. So even though there's going to be an influx of unemployment and things of that sort, which will be a cost to the government, right? They're going to fix it. They want to continue to be billionaires. They want to be continue to be millionaires. But the part of right. the fixing part, because that, that's not, that's not going to end because if, if we all are unemployed, if we all are sick, if we all are, um, they have to pay for it. 
they, and that's part of the reason why we're doing this because they don't want to. That's that's why Ronnie said it's a pandemic. They have to they have to modify numbers and stuff that they feel like they can control and and, and control means what they can afford or what they want to afford. They there's never gonna there's never gonna be. They, you think they're gonna go back and start um, making their own beds and start cooking their own foods again? And, and then de- delivering their own packages, you think that's gonna happen? <laughs> so there's always, there's always, they, as long as you have people that's gonna continue to want, 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 they're gonna create uh, systems and places and where they're gonna have people work for them continuously. Now, the difference is realizing that, okay, informing all of us, like we have so much power when it comes to our money, even though it's a little bit of money to us, like we're 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 pretty much in a, what they consider the poor the poor bracket or middle um, the, the the mid the gap of the middle class bracket or whatever keeps widening and widening and widening. But we, if no one's working, that means no one's contributing into their into their economy. No one's contributing into their taxes. Mm. And and to and to your point, like what's next? Honestly, I, I've never. I've never been in a, in a in a space where I don't know. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Like this is so, this is unprecedented. This is like the first time. Like, you know, sure we had, um, what is it, Rodney King, and people were riding a little bit. But this is, you got, you got motherfuckers in Paris, Tokyo, all over the. It's Switzerland, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. So this is like, I literally don't know what's next. Maybe Jesus is going to come straight down and be like, all right, y'all better stop this now. I have no idea. I literally, I like. Your great, your great white hope with the burning yeah. Bible standing in front of St. John's Episcopal Church Superman. is going to come Superman. in and save the day with his burnt Bible. Yeah, somebody, had, somebody had the nerve to say, oh, we're just gonna pray and make sure that Donald Trump, um, he's got that he sends a message of hope. Really. First of all, let me tell you, this is coming from a Christian, right? So, and Africa made fun of me because I said I didn't want to watch that versus I wasn't in the mood for that that Sunday. That's me that, Yeah, it wasn't my mindset. So I said, yeah, listen, I don't. I am, and and I say it because. What we fail to realize, unfortunately, about all these um, things that are happening are coming from other Christians, right? Um, that sounds like a familiar topic. It's a very familiar topic. Um, let's not talk about how the U.S. was formed. <laughs> but anyway, um, I say this because even even the Word of God says um, prayer without action. How can you? We can't just continue to just keep praying and don't put any action to it. So my thing is get us get us as, as informed as possible. Create your own action plan. Um, one, one of my things is definitely to support more black businesses with, with my dollar. Um, I've been doing it, um, working on it since 2018, going into 2019. Um, and definitely... Um, making sure that I try to inform and um, educate those around me as much as possible when it comes to um, our community and how we can strengthen our community. So those are my action plans. Those are the action plans. Now, what about mental health? Because we're all sitting here, we're seeing the images and information coming across the timelines. We're reading these headlines. We're seeing the response and we're all like you said just exhausted emotionally and mentally exhausted i mean i spent a few days i spent a weekend i just could not get up my body my bones felt heavy and when i was up i just felt sad inside you ever just you ever just felt like your face was just waiting for a tear like that's how i felt the entire the entire process the last 72 hours, the last 120 hours, um, just like this sadness just, just washed over me. And it, it didn't just start this weekend. Like, it's progressively gotten worse. You know, when I saw that, that video of 
the young man in Georgia being shot, I was outraged and upset. And then a few days after, because this was released after the fact. So a few days after, I see, I, I didn't even hear about George thing yet. I, I saw a video come across my timeline and I was like, oh my God. But to watch you go to the point where this person is moving and screaming for their parent to the point where they're dead and then your chest puffs up as if you have done something heroic or you've just won a prize for capturing a wild animal like a buffalo or I don't know what I don't know what they hunt. I don't know what they hunt. I mean, outside of black people. Um, but that in itself, that was it. Like, I just felt so overwhelmed and you know just tears for no so. that everything. And I don't, I don't start crying. I don't cry for everything. After that, everything you said, you said the cat, the cat out there meowing. I'm like, oh my god, the cat is meowing. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell. Let me tell you about our mental health and well-being. Okay, this is coming from over four hundred years of trying to figure out our mental, our mental health and well-being when it comes to the state of America. Right? This. How can I say this? We 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 have survived so much. We, we have, our people have survived so much and we continue to survive and we continue to overcome um, these things. And we, we've been trying to figure out mental health prior to this year, prior to 2020. Um, I think a lot of us, because of us being more aware of what's going on in our communities and our families and in our surroundings and able to have I'm able to have this conversation with Ronnie, who's in another part of the Bronx, um, with you, who's in another part of the world and in another country, and we're able to have these conversations. And this is what's needed. This is this is part of that healing process or getting better process because we have we have different access to different information that can help each other, right? And I say this because I I also work with children who have experienced so much within their first eight years of life that if, I, if they, if an adult had experienced how much that they experienced, they, I don't think they would have survived or made it. That's right. So, so it's, and, and I always say this a lot, especially when we're teaching or when we're training on a social emotional learning or um, how to interact with young people with traumas and things like that. I said, these, adults that we're in these classes with or that we're having these conversations with just so happen to make it past 18 with the same traumas and the same emotional, social emotional learning defects. So um, if there's, there's, there's always going to be a push for our mental health, just like there's going to be a push for our physical health, just like we think we got it together on our spiritual health, just like we think we got it together on our emotional health. Um, that's a whole other topic because that goes into relationships as well. Um, but this is something that is going to continue to be ongoing. This is something that um, we're going to have to set um, understandings and boundaries for. Just think about it. When we was growing up, we didn't get news until 6 o'clock p.m. And, and then we got the news while sitting with our family. We didn't get it right. in a, alone in a room by ourselves, unable to understand and process, and we didn't get it as quickly as we're getting it now. So a part of it is going back to some good old days where you're going to limit your consumption to maybe an hour a day. You you read you read a couple of articles or whatever, but you still have conversations with your with your group with your network. Because if I was to sit here and just have this all by myself and not have an opportunity to talk to Ronnie about it, not have an opportunity to talk to you about it, you you are likely to go insane. Uh-huh. You are you are likely to cry yourself to a point where you're not gonna take care of yourself. You just wanna stay in a corner in a dark room and say, I cannot deal with I cannot deal with the outside. I cannot deal with anything that's going on. So a lot of it that will help because this is when I say an ongoing process, we've been trying to we've been trying to heal ourselves 
for over 400 years. Like everything, everything is traumatic to us, and because and we we we, we have PTSD. Did I say that right? PTSD. PTSD. Post stress traumatic distress. From our parents. We who got, got we it from their parents? Who got it from their parents? We get it in our community. We get it. Like you, you don't understand. Like literally, <laughs> it's like and imagine if we didn't have. The support network because we we all we, we all still trying to work to get holistically better in any in any of those four areas in any of those development areas because we also have a responsibility not only to ourselves we have responsibility to our families we have responsibility to our um to our parents who's just now realizing that you know maybe i didn't you know there was something a little bit off and that comes from conversations from us you remember you you you, you understand what I'm saying? And then is we have responsibility to the children that's coming up because I say this all the time. I said, I don't want to be a senior around these kids. Like, you, you understand? <laughs> they're, they're the ones who are going to be taking them. care of you. I don't want well, any of them. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ronnie. Go ahead. <laughs> well, here's, here's the other um, aspect, me being as an educator, right? Right. Uh, the curriculum has to change. Because the curriculum does not reflect anything that represents the, the, the culture of the people. So, you, to your point, Nisha, you got people with PTSD, and then when they try to hear their voice, they don't see their voice in what they're learning. And they're not able to express their voice. The pedagogy does not match, right? Ronnie, so, this is coming from someone that I always said we never practice separate but equal, we never practice it. Because mm-hmm. the only thing, and I say this, and I say this because as educators, why would we want our children to go to some place where they're not wanted? Like Ruby Bridges, I, if I was Ruby Bridges' parents, I would not want her to be the first one to integrate anything. How about the going going to school, being escorted by national guards, and being spat on, and 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 rocks thrown at you just to teachers that don't want you there, well, to a listen. school that don't want. So check this out, right? Because there's a lot wrong with that. Not only the curriculum, but if you look at the labor force, the teachers, right? 60 to 7% of the teachers are white. Okay? Now, the paras, the school aides, guess what they are? People, People of color. color. Yes. Right? So that so the, the students are being to, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's, there's some, I have white teachers, they're awesome, whatever, but it's not yeah. the same. They need to see, they need, they need to see somebody. They need a Mr. They Carter need in the to room. Express that curriculum. You know what I'm saying? Um, Let me, and, and I know how and then, we know how that feels, Ronnie. I know how it feels about my first black male teacher. I remember that day when he walked into the school, and the school was just like this is in middle school. I went through first my first eight years of schooling without a black male teacher. Yeah, yeah, so, and and then you you have folks that don't necessarily know our communities, interpreting stuff for our communities, and pushing pushing further trauma into our kids, and their voice is not heard at all. And then they wonder why these kids cursing teachers out, or doing things, you know, fighting, or don't like school at all. You mm-hmm. understand? So, so that's the two things, the curriculum and also the workforce, like who you hire. Yeah. I'm in a network of 45 principals. There's only two men of color. It's me... And- that's it. And 45, it's just me and my boy. That's it. That's it. Wow, So honey. something's wrong. And and let me tell you, if you're teaching, like my school is 98% kids of color, you got to have, it's just like, you know, it's, you know, you, you got to have a staff that is equally diverse that represents the population. However, there's not a lot of black and brown people that go into education. Because... <laughs> and that is the topic for another day. But I have one yeah. more thing that I they yeah. have one more thing that I want to talk about, and I want to bring it back to George Floyd because he is essentially the straw that broke the camel's back. We first were positioned with this narrative that he was arrested for fraud. It was a $20 bill, a fake 20. Because I remember somebody said he wrote a bad check. And I'm like, 
That doesn't even sound right in 2020. I don't even. I, I, I have what I have Cash App, like Vimeo, cash. and all these other things, and right. I only carry cards. So he wrote a bad check. Who's writing checks in 2020? Right. So it was a fake twenty dollar bill. Now he's a person that works in the service industry. That could have uh-huh. came from anywhere. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But not only were the cops called four people for a fake twenty. I I just need to understand what's really going on. And that's how we're gonna we're gonna talk about George Floyd. That's it. So well, this is the thing. Go ahead, honey. Well, I just, you know, since we're talking about trauma, you know, um, first of all, that was available for everyone. You know, um, I was, I, I had to speak to my kids about it. And I was talking to my boy. I'm like, yo, did you talk to your kids about it? He's like, couldn't. They already saw the video and someone, someone on a video already talked to them about it. So it was available for everyone. Yeah, because now you have people providing commentary. Yeah. Right. No, what I'm saying is exactly right because they have access to they're getting it faster than than the actual news to come out. And you notice as a journalist, Africa, like no one is waiting for facts to put out there. No one's waiting for the truth to actually put out the, the real information. So once it's out there and it's being circulated, by the time it gets back to you, it's it's, it's a fake it's a fake check. It's a um it was a robbery. It was a, you know, it was like, it, it's a whole nother level. Not a phone game. Not a phone game. Right. So, so you, you, go ahead. Yeah, you watch this and, you know, like you're glued to it and, and just the anguish and pain and hurt. Listen, I watched this and I was in tears. Mm-hmm. Right? I went into my car. I was still in tears. I, I, I drive my wife to work. And I, and I was sharing this with Africa. I usually, you know, just to get out of my chair, because I've been doing a lot of work from home, I go and walk in the park, but I got stopped by the cops a, a week ago for nothing, right? Because I had a hoodie. I didn't have a haircut. You know, I'm going with my Dominican curls back. Um, but I just I just drove home. I said, I'm not, I don't want to be around. I don't want to be here. I, I, I'm scared. I'm scared. You know, and, you know, then I had to speak to my son about it. You know, just the trauma, just watching someone die in, what is it, seven to nine minutes was just, you should, no one should be, no one should be, should be able to see that. Right. You're right. No one should be able to see that, but we saw it. The entire world saw it. Not even that no one should be able to see that. That shouldn't have happened at all. It's just, it shouldn't happen. And that and that's where we are now. Regardless if it was a fake twenty, if it was um, it was like it shouldn't it shouldn't have happened at all. And then that's why the camel has broken. Okay, that's why the camel back has broken. And that's where we are right now. I'm not saying what what's going on right now is 100 percent right, but what I'm saying what's going on right now needs to happen. And you know what? You know you have older folks. I was talking to an older guy, you know, 60, 70 years old. And he was like, it ain't worse. It's just being recorded. He goes, right. Will Smith said the same thing. Racism ain't no, it's just racism is being, is being filmed now. It's like, there's no, I can, you, we can have these conversations for those. Mind you, half the things were just passed in 1967, 1968. We have family members that are still around. So do you, if we have family members that are still around. There's still people that still, and they're in, decision-making positions absolutely you have people that march with king right that were beaten up even bernie sanders yes and from Mm. that time to this time hundreds of men of color have died and they're still marching so think about the trauma that that causes a a sense of hopelessness that nothing's going to change a sense of you know what i'm gonna get them before they get me you understand what I'm saying? So yeah, mental health. We and, and I don't, you know. Again, I, I have a school of twenty. Like, how do we? You know, the, the only way I know how to tackle this is that we got to talk openly about it. Yeah. And 
And then you have to, I, I spoke to my white teachers. I said, be careful about being the hero because we don't need no one saving us. We don't want the white savior complex. That's why I told them, you know, I, I was I was sharing this with my white teachers. I also told them, you need to, you can't speak for our pain because you don't understand it. And then don't give us no pity either. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't want pity. Pity doesn't get us in. Listen, always say, you don't need to have the conversation with me. You need to have the conversation with your people. Because we, exactly. we already don't. I've, I've been in spaces where I'm the only brown everything. So imagine so guess, that. So guess what we're doing on Thursday? Affinity groups. That's right. So all the white folks are going to talk. And all the people of color, we're going to have a talk. And then after that, we're going to come together. You know, but there is, there is... You know, there, there is a, a, a time to have that because you, because you have to. And then the other thing is you got to call it out. You know, you got to call. I had, <coughs> I had someone who was white um, talk about, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all about the cause. I'm all about this. But what about the riots? I'm like, if you're spending a lot of your time thinking about the riots, then you are rooted in supremacist thinking because you're looking at the effect and not the cause. You're, you're you're not looking at the root. You're looking at, and, and that's what happens with supremacists. They pick on every other type of result, but they don't look at how it started and how they, right. it was their hand that pushed it. Right. So, you know, that that's what I got to say about that. Right, Africa. All right, there we go. This has been Being Africa a lot right here on Discover Music Channel. Today's conversation, the state of America, race, and so much more. Stay tuned for more information and details. Of course, we have information on our site. If you want to find out your rights under the United States of America and things that you should do if indeed you are stopped by the police, please visit our blog right here on Today for more information. Know your rights get information and stay informed we cannot we cannot change things if we don't work on a local level and we have to organize plan and strategize so that we can do what we need to do to build our communities thank you so much for being a part of our blackout